Right. Um, so welcome back to the next episode of the Seek Strength Podcast. We're here with Coach Zach Talander. He's in Texas, right? Yep, Texas. And so, Zach, if you want to just kind of... So a lot of our lifters aren't weightlifters, so they may not know who you are. So if you want to give like a brief description of kind of... Or not brief or whatever, just kind of a description of who you are and why you're relevant to the weightlifting community via the internet. Okay, well, um, <clears throat> I started uh, weightlifting around 2013 when I did CrossFit and like almost immediately I wanted to become a coach. And then that like just part-time doing CrossFit, like learning more about weightlifting. And then that turned into more like my full-time job. Then I kind of got tired of the, of coaching CrossFit and, and dealing with CrossFitters. Not that I like dislike them. It was that I was, it was like I was very interested in performance. So um, the whole CrossFit aspect was a lot of people just trying to get in shape. It was very casual. And so if I was teaching someone the snatch or the clean and jerk, you know, they'd come in the next week and have no interest in, in, in getting better in the snatch and the clean and jerk. Like they just wanted to get fitter, which is totally understandable. <laughs> um, so I got really tired of, of that situation. So uh, I went into uh, collegiate strength and conditioning, and that's a very, very hard field to get into in the States. It's incredibly hard. Uh, so I had to get the, my CSCS, uh, which NSCACSCS, which is, uh, you know, it's just one of those certifications you yeah. got to study for, you got to take a big test for. Uh, and then after I got that, I got a couple other cert. I have like a ton of different certifications, USAW level two, uh, man, NCSF, I, I just random yeah, insert, yeah. insert acronym, got a bunch of those. And then I started working for free at Northwestern university for a year straight for free. Luckily my grandma would like had some money saved up for me because I was, I went to college, uh, for free basically. Cause I was on a scholarship. Oh, okay. So, so I was living like <laughs> off a stipend basically from my grandmother which was really funny. Uh, then I got another job at, it was like just an, a basic internship at Texas A&M University. I was there for another year, got some more certifications. And then I fell back into weightlifting after that year long at Texas A&M. And when I fell back into weightlifting, I like figured, I found out like what YouTube was. I, I, I thought before I started doing my YouTube channel, I thought that YouTube was just a place like you would send people like cat videos and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I thought YouTube, I didn't know enough about being like a YouTuber. So I got really interested in it. I thought it was amazing. Like, I thought it was so, just so cool. Uh, and I started making videos and the first one that I made was like, what's the number one thing that like CrossFitters aren't really talking about when they learn the snatch and the clean and jerk. And, and that's like just pulling under the bar, not just extension, but like what happens after extension, like learning how to get under. And it got a pretty good response. I think it got like a thousand views or something, which for me at the time was like, Holy shit. You know, I was like, this is amazing. I remember I used to get emails every time I got a subscriber. Yeah. Yeah. And I got like 20 emails and I was like, so I was just so excited. So I decided I was just going to 
try and make uh, money on the side, just personal training at a Gold's Gym. And while I was doing that, I'm just going to build up a YouTube career, but I'm also going to try and start focusing again on weightlifting. So like I had coached weightlifting prior to this, but I was going to just do all three of them and hope, hopefully it works out. Were you still training all that time in weightlifting or did you drop off at any point? Yes. Yes. I, I, at that point I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's build, build your total as best you can. And that was right around like 2015 ish, 20, 2016. And, um, I think my total was like, uh, one, like 125, 155, something like that. Uh, and, and from there I, I just grew, everything just went up, you know? Um, yeah. and I just kept putting in work year, uh, day after day after day after day. Uh, and so now that's what I do full time. I, I do a lot of remote coaching. Uh, so I, I teach, I, I just coach weightlifters around the world. And then I also started last year coaching the Texas A&M weightlifting team, which was, which has been a really awesome experience. Like, I'm glad I have that because when you start to do a lot of remote coaching, you kind of lose your touch Yeah, yeah. Uh, with in-person coaching. So I have like, it's cool. I have college kids too. Uh, they're relatively untrained. Like they, they don't have much time under the barbell. So I get to build over the course of four years, you know, I get to have like a long drawn out macro cycle and it's really been really exciting. So that's yeah. what, that's me. That's what I do. Uh, do you yeah. miss the um, kind of collegiate scene? Do you miss that kind of uh, semi elite, semi pro kind of athletes? No, I, uh, I, what I miss is the intensity of it. Like when, like, the the strength and conditioning coaches and the sport coaches they act when they get into the gym it's like do or die like this is the most important thing on earth That's you know like that, yeah. and and the facilities in there like i cannot explain to you how how amazing collegiate strength and conditioning facilities are they there is nothing on planet earth that compares to a collegiate strength and conditioning facility yeah. so if you guys ever get a chance to just get to the states mm -hmm. and see what some of these football teams with some of these like olympic programs have you're you you can't even fathom it it's insanity at texas a&m they were the best facilities i've ever walked into and i would walk into them every day of my life from 5 a.m till you know uh till, till i had to leave and like I said, when people walked in there, it was like, it was the most intense, serious situation possible. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like, time is money in, yeah. in the state. You know, this money doesn't come from nowhere. It comes from the football team winning games. It comes from boosters. So this, there's like a lot of pressure on these kids to yeah, like yeah. make the most of their time. So that's definitely something that I miss. I do not miss though the the like the grind of it that's it's like an unnecessary grind there's only a, a limited amount of uh collegiate strength and conditioning coaches so you have to you have to do certain things work for free you have to work for free yeah. which is a really crazy thing to think about you've gone through excess of four extra collegiate years of schooling to now have to work for free 
uh, for like 40, 50 hours a week, which is just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of that. I'm not the biggest fan of that system. Um, but it's a very saturated market, something that I, I don't miss at all. Yeah. Yeah. We get people asking us, we had a question yesterday, uh, somebody looking to get into strength and conditioning coaching and they were asking how you actually get started. But for most people, it's, you get started by coaching for free. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you, you got to get the certifications for like legal purposes, but they're not going to help you with anything. You have to end up working. The the best path that I could say is find someone who's you want to work for, for free. So like, don't just search the internet for, um, for like a, a internship position. I will, you probably will have to do that. But when you decide to intern for someone, you really have to admire that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of it, at the end of a year, maybe they can give you some sort of a job or some sort of recommendation to someone else. Because there is no resume that would ever get you a job yeah. out of college, ever. It's, it has to be, they trust you, they like you, they'll give you a job or they'll have someone else give you a job. That's the only way. Are they, um, are they well-paid jobs once you, you get a position secured? Not necessarily, no. Not, not at all. And, but if you're a lot of these places, like I live in College Station, Texas, which is an hour and a half from Houston. And um, the, the cost of living here is very cheap compared yeah. to if I was in any city or any major like urban area. So in that sense, like if you do get a decent living wage, like you can make it by because it's cheap cost of living here. So the, uh, the odds of that happening in a lot of college towns are pretty high. I think. Yeah. Um, we have massive universities here. Yeah. Like if you're, you're living in Europe, like, imagine uh, a football state we could talk like football like uh, soccer right well american football and texas a&m right here in college station just the middle the center of texas with no city nearby there is a stadium for that seats a hundred and ten thousand people is that funded by people's tuition or is there is there funding from other places it's um yes well it's all it it's all encompassing there it's a college football is like the greatest racket on earth. There is, <laughs> there is so much money that comes into this place. It's ridiculous. I think off ticket sales alone from like one game, it's like 6 million, What? six fuck. or seven million. What the fuck? And then, and then they have TV deals. They, yeah. they get them, they get a, a membership. So the sec conference, which is the biggest conference, they will give uh, these schools like 10 to 13 million per year. Then they get um, these TV deals, which is an additional 10 to 20 million, whatever that is. Then they sell things like jerseys, uh, you know, concessions at the games, all these things. That's another whatever million. And it just funds everything. It's it's a big cyclical thing. We also get ticket sales from like uh, boosters. Boosters love, like it's a booster. That just means someone who's, probably a graduate who just wants to support the school and support the, the team. Jesus, um, that's some amount of money to be pumping into a, an underage sports setup. It's ridiculous. Calling it amateur is like, yeah, yeah. But the athletes, basically professionals, but the athletes don't get paid at all. Do they almost? No, 
No, their their idea of compensation is uh, their their schooling. How's that? But, that's crazy. Yeah, but but at the same time, I mean, tuition costs in the states are really really high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so if you actually add up four years of tuition costs, it's a pretty decent living wage. But what kind of they don't bring they don't bring these kids here for their education. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It, it's not like a college professor is going to go out and recruit these kids. It's the fucking coach that goes out and recruits these yeah, kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like. We know why you're here. It's not for school. Yeah, you're here yeah. For yeah. touchdowns and and make us money. So, so yeah. like, what kind of what's kind of the average tuition costs of um, let's say someone going to Texas A&M? Like, what would I'd say uh, in state? I'm not I'm not entirely sure. You could actually like find this out like with a super quick Google search. But typically in state, you're going to get a lot cheaper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you're a Texan, if you're a native Texan, you will get uh, a cheaper cost. But I think it's near fifty thousand dollars a year. Jesus. Uh, so two hundred k for your four year. This is just undergrad. right. Just tuition. But that's also kind of cheap still. Like that's, we're seeing is... colleges up up to almost a hundred thousand per year. Um, and and that's so like there's like this big bubble. There's this theory that there's this big bubble in the United States, which is the col- uh, the the college tuition loan uh, yeah. bubble. Yeah. And that that's going to pop at some point. Similar to like we give you know the the housing market crashed because uh, we were just giving people who we knew weren't going to be able to fulfill these loans for like two hundred fifty thousand dollar to like million dollar houses. We knew they weren't going to fulfill these loans. We would give them the loans, and then we would lump them all together, and we would trade them on the stock market. Yeah, I've heard some of the, pe- the like the ratios so, of like non-academic staff to students in some universities is just ter- it's crazy. It's like ten to one, like ten staff to like one student or something. Just yeah, it's just yes. Uh, one thing I will say is there's like a lot of there's an economic boom around College Station, which is kind of exciting to see. So like yeah. there's a lot of money, a lot of jobs, a lot of things to do here, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, but like the, the whole, um, yeah, the, the, the money around it is just ridiculous. And, um, like I said, the student loans is just, it's, some of these people are taking on loans for like 10 years after college. So they'll get out of college and they'll be in the hole for 10 years. Yeah. That's crazy. If you, if you think about that, the prime of your life, you're giving away because you now have to just get to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about like, like. My buddy actually graduated. He was a really good weightlifter, uh, training partner. We like we went so hard in the gym together, man. Like we pushed each other every day. He graduated, and he's like, "There we go. I'm done weightlifting." Fuck. I'm like, yeah. You know, and he had a good total. He was a uh, he was an 81, and he did 300. Nice. And yeah. and uh, and like he was like, "Bye bye weightlifting. I'm going to work." Jesus. I'm like over a hundred thousand dollars in the hole i or more than that like uh and i got all these different loans to pay i'm going straight to work and he just hasn't touched a barbell since that's crazy tragic yeah i can't yeah so i'm luck i'm lucky i have none of that zero of that and so you said you got a scholarship to go to university what did you get your scholarship for uh to play lacrosse okay yeah and then yeah. did that like so when you were training as a weightlifter, did they mind that you did weightlifting at the same time? Oh, I didn't. So I wasn't a weightlifter in college. Oh, okay. okay I okay. I just got interested in the weight room in college because yeah. we had to. Like we walked into our facilities and like it was on. You know, we yeah. we were training as a team. 
in the weight room, squatting, deadlifting, all of that. Yeah. And that's really kind of what spurred me on to like, when I graduated college, I was like, well, shit, I could be a lot stronger than I was in college. Yeah. I couldn't even back squat like, you know, uh, 140 in college, like at all, I couldn't do it. And, and I felt like when I graduated, I'm like, well, I can do a lot more with my body. I want to get as strong as I possibly can. So I just kept, I went right into it. Yeah. Is the quality of the education that people receive when they go to these universities, is it a good quality? Let's say someone goes to the, say for uh, American football and when they attend the college purely because they've been recruited by a, a coach or whatever, like is the education they receive kind of superficial or is it, are they getting something out of it if they put some work in? You can, you can get a quality education anywhere you go. Mm. Like it's, it's very interesting. Um, and at least that's what I've heard. Like you can, uh, there's great schools everywhere in America. And if you have the opportunity to not take a dive to go to go to them, you can get just as good of an education. A lot of times people aren't going to look at your resume unless if it's like a, uh, a Wall Street job. You know, yeah. I know firms that like literally only hire from like from like Georgetown University and above. Okay. Like you, yeah. they're like, if you didn't go to an Ivy League school, like we will not even look at your resume. Yeah. So that's only one one thing but like if you graduate school and you have a decent resume like a lot of times it's undeniable like you know it, you are not the education that you've had yeah, uh, yeah. I, I really really believe that as far as like football players go they definitely take the shitty classes yeah, they're gonna yeah. take the classes to, to get by they're gonna get the a's they have to be on the field that's why they're there they're not there like they may say they're they call them student athletes these guys are athlete students yeah 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 and what are their kind of chances post post college like what what are they left minimal, in minimal. nothing nothing yeah. nothing they're, you're not gonna go pro just yeah. like get just get that out of your mind yeah unless like there's you know you can try out like nfl coaches they have prospects like hundreds and you know thousands of prospects that can be on their team but at the end of the day to be a professional football player it's like it's you know yeah yeah minimal it's like being a professional soccer soccer player like you can be amazing but to be one of the 11 that are picked for like manchester united or like are you kidding me yeah yeah, yeah. you know this is ridiculous and uh would you ever would you ever like to get back into that kind of scene or where are you, you're pretty happy if I was paid well and it was easy, like it was an easy transfer into it. You know, if they gave me a lot of leeway, yeah, which I feel like I deserve at this point, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I'm not going to fight for your approval, acceptance, kind of, yeah. Yeah. approval, acceptance, your, I'm just not going to do it. If they, if there was like, so like if a rugby team, uh, you know, internationally I, I really really liked working with rugby i got to work with rugby for a little bit uh when i was at texas a&m okay before before i did weightlifting yeah. and if a rugby team was like an international one or a, a higher level club team um we have some pretty good club teams in the states uh do <laughs> do you really though no no we do because so we get a lot of guys international yeah, yeah. I have some friends who are playing over there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, if they offered me like, a 
you know, like you get all the control over, you know, our strength and conditioning. We're going to pay you this much. Like there's really no like blurred lines. I love the coaching staff, all of that. I would take that in a, in a fucking heartbeat. No question. No question. I would take that. That would be my ideal strength and conditioning job. I I just love, I love rugby players. Like that's, I want to work with, with guys that work that hard. I think hockey, uh, America, like hockey is exactly like that. I think wrestling is like that. Just like more like warrior type of guys who just, uh, like they just put their head down and work. Yeah. So the gym we see you training in and coaching in at the moment, is that the Texas A&M, uh, collegiate gym or is that like your no, own gym? No. Okay. That is uh, a totally private facility. I don't have any ownership stake in that gym at all. Okay. okay. And actually the owner and I have like a really good situation, uh, and we just had our orientation with a bunch of new guys. Like, um, it's kind of, it's interesting cause uh, some people like really like weightlifting and, and, but some people come in cause they're like fans of my YouTube channel, which is also good. Cause if you're fans of my YouTube channel channel, you're probably a weightlifter yeah, or, yeah. or you want to be one. So, uh, two nights ago, I had my orientation for the weightlifting team at this gym, this private facility. And we had 12 people come in, uh, which was crazy because, you know, we only have eight platforms and there's other experienced lifters. So we had 12 people like crammed into four platforms and, uh, you know, I'm just teaching them bottom position of the snatch, how to snatch. And then the next day is clean and jerk. And it's great because we, we expand our team like every semester. Okay. Um, and what kind of membership have you got in terms of just the kind of weightlifting? Uh, so we had a bunch of people leave last semester but with these new 12 i think we're gonna have like 16. oh it kind of goes with the college kind of semester year does it what's that does it kind of move with the college like when people leave college yeah, they yes. move away. yeah, oh, okay. yeah. a lot of people graduated some people just end up quitting after one semester because they'll pay dues throughout the semester yeah actually this is a very important little thing that i i, I kind of came up with uh after um, after my latest orientation, I just was thinking about it because we did have some people that were like, they were pretty good movers and they seemed interested. They just, it it wasn't quite there with them and they ended up leaving. Mm -hmm. And I have this realization. So anyone who's listening, who wants to be a weightlifter and, and you guys could definitely attest to this because you guys are doing coaching as well. A lot of six, not success, but long-term use or long-term um, part participation yeah. in anything requires a lot of intrinsic changes mm. or, or observations, or it's a lot of activity within yourself. Yeah. You cannot just, so this is what college and universities build in kids, kids, they take their Adderall, they go to <laughs> class and they say, they say, professor, tell me exactly what to do yeah. and I'll fucking do it. Yeah. And you give me the A, right? Tell me exactly what it is you want me to do and I'll get the A. And the professor's like, okay, cool. Do this, this, and this. Kid's like, okay, I'm going to go to the library for 24 hours straight and just <laughs> pumps it out. Yeah. And then they go, okay, here we go. That's it. Right. So then when we get into the weight room, the guy goes, tell me exactly what to do and I will do it. And, uh, and, and I want my total to increase. Okay, coach. And then you're like, uh, okay, fine, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But when they start lifting, if they're doing something wrong or if if they're, 
they're not noticing anyone else. They're not seeing what good technique is. They're not seeing what good tactics are to get better. Mm -hmm. They're just doing exactly what you've told them. So they're not, they're not taking in any info. They're not like trying to better themselves. They're not coaching themselves at all because they have left themselves completely powerless. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of what you would want as an employer. Yeah. Right. Or, or even a scientist, like there's not, I can't think of a field where you're not trying to uh, observe your situation, make changes and fail. Like ultimately like the changes that you made, like, Oh, you know, I tried to uh, bend my arms off the floor. Like that helped me get it into a good position off the clean, like immediately off the floor. I started bending my arms and it felt really good. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, then you got to a certain weight and the bar starts slamming down on you. Now you realize that the arm bend off the floor doesn't work. Like that's a change that you made by yourself. But these kids, a lot of them, they don't even experiment like that. Yeah. But the, the ones who last always do. Yeah. They're always like doing different warmups with the barbell, you know, like obviously I'm going to watch them. And if they're doing something stupid, I'm going to coach them. That's my yeah. job. Yeah. Coach them. But the, I love seeing guys like who I've never taught snatch balance start doing snatch balances. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Like, yeah. you know, it's because you know that they're out there wanting to get better without the guidance of me being like, this is the only way to get better. Yeah. That's and a- so these kids who, who think in the way that I'm telling you this flawed way, they always end up quitting. But yeah. they have a they have a great like six months of like really really hard work. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they end up fucking quitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it's like the classic thing of like a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Whereas like they yeah, have a yes. fixed, they have a fixed mindset of just this is a process. I'm just going to follow this. This is and that's the result I'll get. Whereas like if you're yes. constantly, you know it all the time. If you have an athlete and they're coming in saying, "Oh, did you see this video on Instagram? Did you see how this guy warms up? Did you see?" the stretches these people are doing and they're like going out there on their own and actually pursuing different things like without some amount of variance you're never ever going to find like the optimal way for you like how many different ways have you trained in the last it's only taken eight years it's only taken eight years to get somewhere good i think (laughs) yeah you're gonna change again or else you know there are some american weightlifters who i they will be unnamed who have not changed for an entire quad. Yeah. And now they're yeah. not going to the fucking Olympics. I, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, that's just, you don't have to be that talented and like a freak athlete. You don't even have to work that hard. You just have to be, it. here's the thing about hard work. Yeah. Unrack a maximum back squat. Okay. Put it on your back. Walk it out. Tell me that you're not working hard. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah, yeah. fucking works hard. That's yeah. part of it. Like you're yeah. in the gym. You can't pull a maximal bar off the floor without working hard. So stop saying that you're just going to put your head down and work hard. Yeah. Think. Yeah. 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 It, drives, brain. it hey, drives us hey. crazy when people are like, oh, I'm just grinding. It's not a, it's uh, not just going to grind for the next few months. And you're like, buddy, it doesn't matter what you do for the next few months. Yeah. Unless you actually just do the training. Like every, everybody's training. It seems to be if you train and you talk about it or you train and you write an Instagram comment about it, then it becomes grinding. It's just not right. Yeah. It's not really a culture thing over here. That kind of no head down and work. It's just, uh, it's, and usually people get kind of called out for it. It's, you know, that kind of the Kevin Hart S Dwayne Johnson up at 4am kind of, um, making moves in silence, but shouting about a kind of work ethic, you know, it's just, 
it's just it's the opposite of every Irish person alive, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so 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 wait. Irish culture isn't about that kind of grind no, lifestyle. No. So Irish culture would be you're not allowed to talk about it. Even if you have like you could be cash rich with little like literally millions in the bank, and you could be driving like a twenty year old car and wearing like really shitty clothes. But if you bought like a newer car, like people. To maybe to a poor extent, people would be like, oh, look at him now. Who does he think he is? You know, like there's, yeah, it's definitely culture working hard, but like not to the detriment of showing what you've got from your work. It's just do the work. Well, how about let, let's just say like that should be the average man and woman. That's yeah. what yeah. that should be worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll give you I'll, I'll tell you something right now. And I don't know if this is an endearing, endearing quality. OK. Uh, Americans are fucking psychotically hard workers but like <laughs> and 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 it's like it's again we're gonna that's not me being like we work harder than yeah. you know it's like yeah yeah it's that mindset there everything has competition everything everywhere all the time our capitalism here is like so fiercely intense yeah and mm. you, it's palpable if you go to certain places <laughs> yeah uh, and what you'll find is the successful people most of the times aren't the people that are just grinding and like, you know, it's the people who are innovative and creative. Yeah. There's actually, um, I, I forget what I read recently, but someone was saying like, there's nothing more creative than having a successful business. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing more creative. It's, you know, people are like, Oh, well, creativity, you must be an artist or a painter. No, be, Creativity could be a successful lawyer, a yeah. successful doctor, yep. because you are doing something different. Because if you were successful, that means people are going to you instead of someone else. Yeah. That means you are unique. That means they're, they're, therefore you are creative. You know, if you think about like, have you seen these recent interviews with Liu Xiaojun and the way that he trains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's creativity. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yep. No one should train like that because that's what he's found. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's not like his coach instructed him the whole way of doing that. You're a weightlifter. You're your own entity. It's yep. not, you know, you're not just the, the portion of your system. Yeah. Yeah. That's like so, some of the favorite videos that I've seen of yours have been the you're not clock of. Or the you're not Lu Zhaojun. And that was, I think the you're not Klokov one was how I first came across you on YouTube. And I was like shouting at the laptop screen, being like, fucking 50% of the people I've ever coached need to watch this. Oh my God. And be like, because you get people and they, like, they'll be weightlifting for maybe eight months and they think they're like, they need something different from everybody else. And they'll come in and they'll start pulling with like a staggered stance. Oh my or they'll God. start doing like the small, yeah yeah it's it's fucking mental and then that like those videos have never been done before so i suppose how did you get started in doing those like was it from a point of frustration or it, yeah it's a, that's it if you look through my videos now i mean i just have one now that's my frustration with these functional coaches yeah oh, yeah I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm literally i'm in the process of editing it and getting it out because these are things like I'll, I'll like this podcast right now, like there's a general thesis around some of the things we said and all I'd have to do is put it on paper, record it on voice, record it, throw some images over the top and hopefully people enjoy it. Yeah. You know that 
and and it's not like that i don't work hard for it but i have things that i want to get off my chest mm -hmm. things that i believe in and it's not like i'm like hey i'm the smart guy everyone listen to me i'm actually when i write these videos when i when i write them and when i say them out loud i'm repeatedly telling myself these things i'm like i'm actively trying to be a better person so i say the things that i don't want to be uh and i <laughs> preach them yeah you know I'm listening to myself when I say this shit. Yeah, you know? it's a great way to stay disciplined with yourself. Of course. It's a good way. Like, it's the same with us with the podcast, with uh, just getting certain things off your chest. Like, some of the topics we have that we talk about are purely because we talk about them amongst ourselves so often. And then we yes. feel like we need to put something out there. Like, the adult onset athleticism, which is like a term we've used so much in the past we we constantly come across it at seminars and then we're like okay we need to give we need to just put this somewhere mm -hmm. so we can stop talking about it and it's out there right so it, like i do some no, that with like instagram you know when i put up a lift and i put up a queue like i'm as much telling other people what i'm thinking about but i'm also trying to tell myself to keep doing it you know like yeah do whatever queue i'm yes. thinking about and in, in a month's time it, it inevitably changes whatever i'm thinking about nothing has been the same for the last eight years basically yeah course yeah so what are the big uh hot seat topics in usa weightlifting at the moment surely doping oh you're the um you have the interim president don't you what's that you guys have the interim president of the iwf uh thomas ajan was suspended for 90 days yeah ursula ursula is the the what? new president right what's the story or, there or interim do you know her until they vote i've met her a few times i've seen her in the back room yeah um I think the whole so if we want to talk about doping, let's the the <laughs> it, well the the thing that you guys need to know is like USADA is like there's really not many other organizations like USADA that just really really want to catch people because yeah. I think maybe they get paid more to if they catch more people yeah. like it's like they they love it they get off by it like yeah, it's their yeah. thing so at our if you're stupid enough to dope in America like here's the thing is like go ahead take your steroids like you can go to a local meet and put up a dope like a, a great total and then and then you you can probably get maybe get away with a nice total at uh, a national meet but it's unlikely yeah yeah um, i've been tested twice at national meets and i got second and third respectively at in the b group yeah yeah so i was in a b group i got uh piss tested one time and then i was piss and blood tested the other time um okay. so the odds of, you know you're just not going to get away with it here uh and and that's really like you know but here's the thing is like how do we know that the guys at the top are getting rigidly tested and and you know we'll never know yeah you know? yeah and aren't being and shepherded through yeah you will never know no one will ever know no. you you have to the the idea though is like Travis Tiger, who's the the runner of U USADA, you just have to hope that he just doesn't give a shit about it. Like you have to hope that he's kind of like an evil person. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And like he's only out for himself, and he just wants to bust the shit out of everyone. Yeah, but that's great. Yeah, that's what we want. We just yeah. want a narcissist who just like <laughs> yeah hates everyone and wants yeah. to bust them all. Yeah, not someone who's like, hey, Tiger, listen, listen, like, <laughs> yeah, this kid is actually the best in the world, and we're going to do some things, but it's necessary because the IOC is fucked. The IWF is totally fucked. WADA's fucked. 
there's people cheating, people getting by. We're actually not even going to do anything that bad here, not even remotely that bad compared to the rest of the world. Let's get them through. Yeah, yeah. And like, he might be like, hey, you know, fine. But I would hope that he's just a straight up Nazi, and he was like, <laughs> yeah. no, fuck you. Yeah. Piss and blood test every day. I want to use the same hole that yeah. we had <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, you know? I know the guy, one of the main journalists who was involved in uh, the kind of outing of Lance Armstrong, uh, David Williams, is that exact uh, personality of I, just... I'll tell you right now, my father is similar. So, okay. so growing up, my father is a sports writer, a very, very, very successful one in, in the States, uh, very widely known. Yep. And his whole career has been about a lot of different things like he's a great writer but he major topics have been head injuries in football okay because he was a football player so he is your dad will smith what's that is your dad will smith (laughs) no but i mean he he was a big time reporter in that field in the cte and he still is yeah he's still like you know um because he played football his entire life he played at the university of northwestern and or no sorry northwestern university and then he was drafted by the chiefs which is a professional uh, football team. Yeah, they're, yeah. Uh, they're in the Super Bowl this year. Um, uh, Your dad sounds legit. Yeah, yeah. And, and like super legit, right? So yeah. it's weird. Uh, this is why it's kind of surreal to me now. Um, this whole IWF thing with, with the, the outing of them and, and their, their doping scandals. I did a video on it uh, recently, just just outlining the case, the, the, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm basically that Gregor laid out and like my sort of reaction to it. Uh, and then I told my dad about it and he was so interested that he wrote an article about it. Oh, really? Where is that? Yeah. It's, uh, it's on uh, Chicago. Sometimes you just search my dad, Rick Tellender. Yeah. R I C K Tellender. Yeah. Uh, and will you send it to me after? We'll put it in the the description. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's always been like the, bigger name in the family obviously yeah, like yeah. not on youtube though zach yeah and now now it's like holy shit dad i've got like more of a following than you <laughs> yeah. uh um, like we used to go to the airport and stuff and and people would be like oh are you rick tellender you know oh really that's um, crazy yeah 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 and like they would people in chicago like really liked his shit you know, and so did fan, you did you ever play football or was it because your dad? Yeah, yeah, okay. oh yeah, I played football my whole life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I was wondering um, a lot of the time if if a parent has been really involved in like a high level sport, it tends to push the kid away from that, uh, and then yes. go and pursue like a sport of their own. But so so he so he was really involved in doping, and and so like it, uh, in he, doping or anti doping. And well, they, he was just whatever you. You don't got to say it's okay. He's covering it. He, yeah, he's covering yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's one of those guys that just like didn't give a shit at all. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Lance Armstrong. Fuck you, Barry Bonds. Yeah. Like, yeah. just, I, I I don't care. I just don't care. I'm not going to legitimize it. I'm just going to be a dick. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he had a family. He was confidently living in his home. Like, and a lot of people are going to hate you for having that opinion. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, people didn't like people aren't going to like his opinions on things and he just doesn't care. Yeah. And I do really admire that. I think that's part of it. If you're a good journalist that you just have to report on 
on what you see in front of you and not what's going to get a popular or like get more clicks on a website. Yeah. So yes. historically, you'd be right then in the end, really. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You, you kind of said a phrase there, like legitimizes doping. There does seem to be a rise in casual dopers in saw. So we saw there's a, is it like 50 in the last three or four years of just basically yeah, I mean, amateur it, it, if you guys are listening, definitely pull it up. Like, uh, you know, it's just a, I, I go on it all the time. Yeah. I, I almost have that. I know that list <laughs> from fucking top to bottom. I go on it all the time. Yeah. Did you know any of those? Like kind of well, like personally? Yeah. I. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. You're If you go to a national meet, like you just see everyone. Yeah. 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 You know, it's everyone. a small community at the end of the day. Really. Yeah, it really is. Like, even though you think like, you know, Wes, Wes is like such a, monster and a big deal like yeah. i just walk up to west start talking to him He's yeah 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 I, really really nice guy but like that's just how it is yeah maddie rogers everyone is there yeah um and the again like they're not that good these people <laughs> you know wait like, zach and maddie or the dopers <laughs> no 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 the dopers yeah the yeah. Dopers. yeah that's what i said <laughs> yeah they're, i'm joking they're just not that good yeah you know yeah. like um but like uh, it doesn't seem i feel like it's not malicious i feel like they're not like i'm gonna try and get a leg up on anyone here they just seem it seems to me like some of them are just they just fall weightlifting but they also like taking gear because it's easier to train and they're like all oh, just do the competition and it it doesn't seem like they're like i'm gonna get to worlds now and then i'm gonna beat west and stuff you yeah know? i i'm it's hard for me to tap into that mindset. Like I get the, I mean, I get taking gear and like training and getting better. Like that seems like a pretty fun thing. But the moment that you like go into like, I just, okay. So here we just got a new uh, website. USAW just had like a complete overhaul of their system, which could be a good thing. Right. We'll have more active results. Like, okay. Who are you? What have you done? Like I can pull it up. Right. That's what we need in this sport because it's a numbers game. Uh, and when you, with the new system, January 2020, you have to sign as soon as you get on. It's like you cannot access your account uh, as a coach or an athlete or whatever until you file your USADA. There's like two pieces of tech, two like little things you have to fill out. Yeah. Uh, and you just sign your name on both of them. You have to check a bunch of things and then sign your name. And it's basically like you, as being a part of affiliated with USAW, you cannot have any illegal, uh, illicit things in your system at all. Like that is it. Like you're signing this right here and right now. Like this is it. Like do not join us if you are doping. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's fine. Like don't join. Like, Take, if you want to take drugs, just don't join. And I don't care. No one else cares. It's the moment that you decide to, to, to do that. Like yeah. It's immoral. It's, yeah. it's not, you know, come on. That's, that can't be argued. There's a lot of things in America and, and around the world that you have to sign a piece of paper that say like, hey, don't do this or else you're going to get in trouble. And like, if you do it, then you're not, you're doing something bad. Yeah. It's, it's no different than any other sport. No, it's it's the very, issue it, it's really yeah. black and white to be fair. Right. But it's the the problem is is like other countries don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Other countries actively don't have that. <laughs> like they're yeah. they're making moves to make sure nobody signs any paper. 
Uh, I suppose then, like on that point, then what are your hopes for the the Olympics next year? Who do you think from this year? You are this year for USAW. Who do you think are gonna uh, do well? Who do you think will do poorly? Kate Nye's basically she's guaranteed to go. As, well, not guaranteed, but as much as anyone can be, right? I have. Well, oh, oh you're talking about who's gonna go? Yeah, yeah. So I think Kate and Wes are pretty much locked in. Sarah yeah. Robles is probably locked in. Uh, what kind of numbers is she lifting these days Sarah Robles I haven't seen much from her I don't I don't know like um, is she she kind of medal yeah she won't she probably won't medal yeah okay do you think any Americans do I have very low expectations (laughs) no no not just not like as a like I hope we do as good as we can but like every time I come into these competitions thinking like we're, you know, yeah, you just have to, you just have to see who games on the day. Yeah. Who's yeah. the gamer on the day of, you know, it's like, there's God, a weightlifting is such a fickle bitch when yeah. you yeah. show up and, and you have three attempts in both and like you missed the, your opener or whatever. Like, yeah, people, there's a, an argument for that. The retests kind of scare people when they come into the Olympics. So, when they've seen previous retests, they may not come in as hot. So it's possible it might give you a little bit more chance if you're going by the assumption that they're also clean as well, obviously. But Well, uh, a, a woman from Thailand who is a super heavy. Yeah. yeah. So she's not going to be competing. Uh, she, I think, snuck on the podium in front of Sarah Robles, if I, if okay. I recall. The odds that a North the North Korean woman is going to be super hot and 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 perform well. She's in front of Sarah Robles. There's the two Chinese women, and then there's uh, well, they're only going to bring one, and it's going to be the the younger one. Yeah. Um, I can't think of her name. Um, Wen 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 Lee or something like that. Yeah. Lee Wen Wen. Yeah, that's the one. She's going to win most likely. And then Tana, if they she can get in, I don't know. I think they're. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know how to, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's. I would say. I would say Sarah Robles has the best best opportunity. Yeah, she's gotten a uh, and I think honestly, like, uh, if Tatiana can't go, like, yeah, most likely. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's so possible. Yeah. You know, Kate, now, what weight class is she going in? So she she won the world 76. in... 76. 76. Okay. And what did she win? She won 81, wasn't it? Or was it 80? 70. She won 79. Was it? Was oh, it? Okay. 70. Yeah, 71. Right? So the it was the non-Olympic class that yeah. she won. Yeah, that's what she won, yeah. Which is 71. Yeah, okay. It's in between 64 and 76 as yeah. she was rising yeah she stopped at 71 yeah. she won and now she's going to 76 and then there's 87 after that her training seems to be going really well she seems to be like have taken a bit of time off and to be building back up now i'd say she could that's my favorite thing you can do yeah as a natural yeah. lifter that's my favorite thing you could ever do Definitely. like just stop just stop yeah yeah and come back and like um, you see it yeah. all the time after competitions people will keep they might push for an extra week or an extra two weeks yeah and then it's just like what's the point in doing it you need like you need a definite break you need a definite building phase well you guys i'm sure you've talked about the uh the new rule where you need a certain amount of tests in order to make it to, to tokyo yeah. yeah 
right? So within the 18 month span, you have to have like six different tests. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yep. So first off, that's fucking that makes it in very hard yeah, yeah, to yeah. dope on the on the scale that like Ilya was doping. Like, yes, microdosing can always work. But Ilya was not fucking microdosing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, you cannot just like slam stenozolol and like fucking just party in Astana. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to be very considerate. First off. Second off, it allows for zero GPP, zero off season, zero yeah. fucking, yeah. you know, like where are the young athletes? Where can they do general work? Yeah. Yeah. Where can they be? Where can they take their break? They fucking can't. Yeah. yeah. Because they have to compete. The competition schedule is really difficult for these guys. Crazy. Really hard. Actually, Fernando Hayes uh, out of Brazil. Yeah. He trains in Miami. Uh, and I've heard he's just had like such a hard time like with the competition schedule. Just no time off at yeah. all. Yeah. And as a, as a super, like the weights he's lifting and his ability to recover would be much more strained than lighter athletes do, I would imagine. Oh, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Supers. Uh, that's, uh, I, I ventured into super territory. Are you going to embrace it? Oh, I fucking hate it. One four, <laughs> you can get up to like 140 without diminishing gains. So I like, what do you know? What weight, what body weight are you? Uh, I'm low as hell. Yeah. Are you hundred kilos? So low. Huh? A hundred kilos less? No, 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 not, not that low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like uh 107 right now. Okay. Uh, um, and my last meet, which was a month and a half ago, guys, this is not 33 I, kilos. Zach. That's all it is. 33 I kilos. Was, uh, I was 117, 17. Jeez. So lost. now I'm down to 107. 10 fucking kilos, baby. Holy uh, shit. You've been hitting that CrossFit train hard. Yeah. Well, I just also, I didn't eat like a total shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny. I've actually talked to a lot of super heavies a lot. Yeah. I, I know a lot. Um, even Chad Wesley Smith, who got up to 170 kilos body weight, 165 kilos body weight, uh, I asked, I was like, "Dude, how much did you eat?" He's like, "Really, not that much. Like, really, really, <laughs> really, not that fuck? much." Super heavies can eat like a fucking bird. Yeah, yeah. And they just they stay. You know, your body wants to be homeostatic. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Wants to, it just wants to be where it's comfortable, and. You don't actually, a, a lot of times for guys who are in their 30s, you don't need to eat a fucking shitload of calories to stay in that homeostatic space. Yeah. yeah. Because super heavies really don't exert that many calories a day. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I think that's a common misconception. Yeah. Sometimes they're actively trying to gain weight. Sometimes they might eat more, but it's not a crazy amount. I mean, I think my wife probably eats more than any super heavy, dude. Um, actually, just as you brought up your wife, people probably don't know, but your wife is a, a pro swimmer and a, a very good one yes. by the looks of things. Yeah, she's I'm, she's very, very good. She's top in the, I mean, she's in the top class in the world right Fuck. now, which has, has been amazing. Is it hard for you that uh, she's a better athlete than you are or what's? No, no, she's so much, no, 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 no. She's so much better than me that yeah. it's like, I don't, you yeah. know what I mean? That must make for a pretty cool household, like having two people heavily involved in, in sports and elite sports. I mean, she's she's training right now. Like, that's why it's just so empty and quiet in the yeah. house. Like, Swimmers she, take volume know, to another level, don't they? Yes. Yeah. You, you'll just, you'll never understand. Yeah, no one, yeah. it's fucking bonkers, these people. What They're kind of crazy. hours? 
So uh, it's two times a day uh, on like Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday and Friday. Yeah. And then uh, that's uh, usually she's like in the water at 7 a.m. Sometimes it's in the water at 6.30. Yeah. And and so that means, you know, you got to be up at 6 or 6.30 depending on whatever. And then after that, she usually comes home and naps for two, three hours. And then she'll wake up and she'll go to training at the gym. And that's either like... Do you do her her strength conditioning? No, No, she hasn't. So so there's for her training she has like a couple of different things um she has more of like a body weight specific day which is a lot of core work and a lot of like uh mobility and and really difficult shit like shit that weightlifters are it's like the thing of nightmares for weightlifters. yeah yeah like holding weird positions and like just like sweating in like a static isometric hold in your body i would never do that yeah I, i you could never make me do that. Like, give me a kettlebell and like yeah. I'll press it twenty times until it burns. I would do that. Yeah. Way more than I would like hold my own body weight in a weird position. Do you think Zach? Maybe that. you should be doing that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think yeah. it's it's so funny. Everybody thinks, and especially like younger athletes, everybody's like, "Oh, I want to be a professional athlete." And then you hear about the life of a professional athlete, and you're like, yeah. "I don't think you really want to be a pro athlete." Yeah. Like it's yeah. the hardest thing you can possibly be doing. Sometimes she does two and twos in a day. So she has four sessions. So it'll be, so so she'll go, uh, morning session. Uh, then she'll do her weights or sorry, morning session, nap weights, then, uh, evening session. And then like another type of weights or like a different, very, like more like a mobility or maybe some like conditioning or something. What kind of calories? four in a day so i'm telling you she'll like if she doesn't eat like four thousand four thousand five hundred calories like it's not she's not happy she'll like wake up in the morning like in pain from being so fucking hungry oh my god i can't imagine her dude her resting heart rate i swear to god she's gotten it down to like 36 jesus jesus christ and i and i'm not like this is not like yeah. a, a nurse, she went to the to the doctor for like um some like a prescription or something, and the nurse takes the vitals, and she was like, like trying to see how low she could get it, like in her own head, and the nurse was like, honest to god, scared. Oh really? Like she, <laughs> she was like frightened. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So that's that. You know, that's our dynamic. So yeah. Obviously, I'm training for weightlifting, and it's a way different level. You know, I'm trying to yeah. crack the top ten in my weight class. Yeah, not the top ten in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, is um. Yeah. Is Tokyo a, a thing for her? Like, is that in there? Yes. That, yes. Okay. okay. Sure. Are you going? You she, did re- she made Rio. She finaled in Rio, which was. Did you go? Great. No. Are you we go? weren't even together at the time. Oh. Uh, okay. Will you go? You'll, right. sh- you'll surely go to Japan. Will you? Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. So one question I'd have on that is like, how difficult is it for you if you're like, if you're involved in shed the conditioning and maybe uh, you hear about something that's in the program that might just seem a little bit off to you or it might not kind of align with what you'd consider to be important. Is that ever an issue or is it just like you trust it 100% you stay off? I I stay out of there mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, guys, that we need to understand with strength and conditioning, 
the effects of it are much less visible than we know. Yeah. This is why functional coaches, and I call them functional because I really don't know how else to describe them. Fucking yeah, idiot. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like, they. this is why they're successful because there is no um, objective nature to strength and conditioning. Like, at the end of the day, there really is no objective nature. Yeah. You know, we look at guys like like uh, Wayne Gretzky. He never fucking touched a weight in his life. He's the best hockey player of all time. Yeah. Of all time, no question. Okay, I, there are some of the best basketball players, football players who hid in the weight room. Yeah, they never improved any of their lifts, but they were always the best. Okay, so does that mean that weightlift, that lifting weights will not help, and that most professional athletes shouldn't lift weights? No, not at all. I would say. Every professional athlete should lift weights, try to get stronger because it can only help your development as a person, whatever, more muscle tissue. We can go down that rabbit hole. But the thing is, we can't ever really tell if someone's performance is increasing unless their performance increases. Yeah. So, you know, if her times are getting faster, if she's feeling better in practice, if her stress is down. If all these things are down, I don't give a fuck what she does in yeah, the weight yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? In fact, if she's doing nothing in the weight room and she feels better in the pool, great. Let's just keep doing that. Yeah. And, and here, I would give you a nightmare scenario. Someone comes up to you and they say, Steph Curry. You know who Steph Curry yeah. is, right? Okay. Best basketball player. Uh, I'm looking at Owen. He's like, that. <laughs> Gareth okay. doesn't really very, do sports. Very famous, very famous basketball <laughs> player, right? It's super like, familiar. It's like LeBron, LeBron, yeah. Steph Curry, they're they're you know, he comes to you and like they're like, okay, do his strength and conditioning. Yeah. You know, you're gonna you should be shitting your pants a little bit. Yeah. Here's a guy like you know, what are you gonna do with him? Yeah. You don't want to fuck him up. No. No. You're Priority not. number one. He's worth. He's worth so much money. Yeah. His legs, his arms. Yeah. His structures his tissues like they're worth more than you'll ever make in your lifetime yeah and yeah. so what are you going to do less is more dude yeah, yeah absolutely less is way more like have him like squat like a fucking 20 pound kettlebell in the front in like the goblet like hey how do you feel man is, yeah. is it starting yeah. to burn a little bit yeah Good. Let, that's our last set today yeah you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like in the field of sports psychology, people talk about it like it happens in golf all the time where you'll have a golfer is playing well or or however they're usually playing and then suddenly they'll get like a monkey on their back and they're like the sports psychologist is brought in to be like a band-aid to put over this like get the fucking demon out of his brain. Yeah. And most of the time you're like, This is not going to do anything, but you're like, uh, repeat these four words in your head before every shot. Yeah. And then like, okay, that worked or else it's like, just do a tiny little, like the smallest possible thing for the first piece of, of increased performance you'll see. Yeah. Uh, so this is interesting. I've actually, uh, I trained, when I was an intern at Northwestern, I worked with the golf team. Yeah. You know, strength and conditioning for the golfers. Yeah. It's a thing though. It is. Yeah. And it is, it's a little bit less, uh, you know, intense. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, there's actually, I think he's Irish. I'm not entirely sure. His name's Patrick. Uh, Patrick. Uh, God, I can't remember. He he got like, he was an amateur and he got like fifth at the Masters. It wasn't Patrick uh, Harrington. No, God. Okay. No, no. He he's a he was a student at Northwestern. Oh, okay. Um, 
which actually has had uh, had a couple Irish guys come through that golf team. Okay, um, it, it's weirdly popular here. Yeah, it's very popular here. Yeah, golf is. Yeah, is, it's just. So, so the thing with those guys was like, they use the strength and conditioning aspect to be like more of an athlete to feel like they're. You know, it was yeah. like a placebo, if anything. Yeah. And they worked really hard in the weight room and they had a lot of fun in the weight room. And it was like, put a smile on their face. It made them feel better. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that can help your golf game more than anything. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not about like your bench press going up. It's just about the way that it affects your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found in, in strength and conditioning, that's vastly more important than the actual numbers going up. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day in, in American football, like you, you've got to put on tissue if you want to maximize your ability to fucking kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, you have to be a bigger, stronger, faster guy. Uh, so yeah, your bench press is probably going to have to go up. Your squats probably going to have to go up. All these things will go up. But again, how do you feel? How, how are you playing? Yeah. How's your mental ability? How, where's your stress at? That's really what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of change topics, Zach, but I, I think a lot of times you'll obviously have gotten it and we, we get it fairly routinely is kind of questions on how do you adapt being an absolute giant in terms of weightlifting morphology? Like, how do you, what have you changed? Like, have you looked at something and you're like, that works for everyone but me? Like, is there anything um, you, you've consciously made a decision to change because you're tall or found it worked better? In terms again, of weightlifting. Like- like I was talking about, like I had to be my own lifter, man. Yeah. I didn't, I, I never, I, I would take ideas from people. I would change different things. Um, like for example, it, in it, the back squat, you, you're very close to being IPF low bar kind of. Right. I, I, I'm more like mid, you know, yeah, but if yeah. you watch, if you, if you, I'm not like, like if you look at my, the way that I squat, it's still very dynamic, like a, like a, a Olympic weightlifter. Yeah. yeah it yeah. is that, that mid bar position. But at the end of the day, like if you pause it at the exact bottom position, I'm not like hunched over, yeah, you know, yeah. with, with my knees back, yeah, you know, like I'm still squatting. Um, I, I wonder if I put the bar like, back up top like what i'd be able to do and how i'd be able to do it yeah um but yeah that was just an adjustment to my training and and i'm not sure it really matters you know i i i struggle to 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 link my back squat to the rest of my total yeah i really do i've had my back spot's been like it went took a huge dive one time and I put up one of the best totals I've ever put yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. There is like if like a lot of the Sabian, whatever, and there's no relation. It, there's no like direct relation. Like increasing your back squat without lifting will not increase your total, basically, unless you're an absolute freak of nature. Yeah. Well, here's here's something that's interesting. Once you get to a certain level of efficiency and weightlifting, it's it's what are you trying to accomplish? So I think what a lot of times people do, they have back squats and front squats in their program. So they just become, they, they make them associate. It's like, it becomes, this is what weightlifters do. Yeah. We back yeah. squat, we front squat, and that leads to our total. Well, the idea of actual efficient weightlifters. Yeah. Uh, and you can think of metrics of like, what's your snatch compared to your back squat or whatever. And, I, and when I say back squat, I mean like full depth, like, actual depth you know what what's your front squats your clean you could think of that but i just mean like you're technically 
near mastery yeah. right? or, or somewhat of a master in, in your technique. Now, periods, training periods should be about getting in shape and being out of shape, getting in shape, yeah. being yeah. out of shape. So getting in shape and being out of shape for weightlifting uh, doesn't require you to have a fucking massive back squat. No, no. You, you, need you can back use squat. the back squat. You can use the back squat. You can use the front squat to like get back in shape, to get acquire more of fatigue because it is very hard on the joints to get a lot of fatigue in the clean. It is very hard yeah. on the joints to get good at the snatch yep. to do a lot of reps in the snatch. So how are we going to supplement that? Well, back squats and front squats are pretty good ideas. So when you get more efficient, you're just getting in shape. You're getting out of shape, getting in shape. But for people who are inexperienced, there's really just, it's just getting better. Yeah. You know, we yeah. don't, yeah, we yeah. don't really know. Like just keep getting stronger. Like it's not going to hurt to get your legs stronger. It's not going to hurt to get your back squat up. We have all this room to grow. Just like go, just yeah. go do it. You yeah, know, it, it is an easy win for a lot of the people that would watch your videos or consume your Instagram content or consume ours. Like just getting a bigger back squat will make you a lot better. Like if you go from a 140 to 160, it just will make you better by yeah. accident. It will just drag you up. But then obviously yeah. if you try oh, to yeah. snatch 160, it's not going to drag you up to there, you know? Right, um, right. I think I mean, as well, there's so many people never ever reach the level of actually having a back squat that's far in advance that they don't really have to train it anymore. All right, rub it in, calm down. <laughs> no, but there's, so there's like a huge amount of people who don't like, who don't reach that level and are just kind of constantly yeah. tipping along. Uh, like definitely in like the general populations that you'd see in weightlifting uh, and like especially when you come over from a sport like CrossFit or like you might be one year down the line of weightlifting or two years down the line uh, for a lot of those people they don't it's not even a concept in their heads that they have a training program yeah. without squats in it yeah yes yes so that's what dude so I Max is my kind of like a mentor yeah figure to me yeah. Max Ada and we 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 had a podcast for a little bit and um are you guys finished that now actually it, we just we, we haven't gotten back to it yeah, because okay. i like i like how you guys are doing it you're you're diving all the way into it like you're uh, and and like uh you you have like good production value and shit like that and it's like for me that's where i put my efforts in towards youtube yeah. i would just say would just love, sorry if anybody hasn't watched sax youtube like definitely you're going to have it. such a great binge if you like strength training i like one evening a couple of like maybe like last year sometime it was just from a, i was alone in the house for like two hours i went for a shower took a shit and it was just that constantly talking in the background <laughs> like it's a it's a really That's good awesome. it's like a monologue kind of it's i can't recommend listening enough and like sometimes obviously i don't agree with everything you're saying but you're of course it's very kind of um what's the word i'm looking for kind of uh not entertaining there's a better Centering. word it's kind of um <laughs> It's like when you look for like lo-fi hip hop in the evening to calm down or like calm piano, you know, yeah. it's really, it's a great listen. That's good. Um, That's what, good. What were you saying there? Oh, you were saying you, you kind of, you put your effort into like YouTube is like the big kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, you guys, and, and anyways, and in one of the podcasts, Max was like, okay, Zach, so you hate the back squat so much. Yeah. When was the last time you programmed without a fucking back squat or a front squat? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. He's always, he's so good at holding people accountable like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And I actually did it for a moment and people freaked out. Yeah. Like yeah. my athletes f legitimately were like, I don't get it. 
don't yeah. where's the fucking oh where my, my squad you, you like <laughs> I, I don't get it i i put in one of my athletes like i was having two two back squat and one front squat and i changed to two front squat and one back squat and he was like what happened did i do something wrong like wait is that supposed to be two front squats like <laughs> There's just a reason they don't don't like don't stress over it. It's yeah. just a fucking one extra or one less back squat. It yeah. makes it's crazy. I actually uh, so I do want to make a video on this, but um, uh, this is how I got my back squat from two oh seven to two thirty. Yeah, uh, and like a grindy two oh seven to like a, actually a fast two thirty. Um, w- number one was uh, Dylan became my training partner. Dylan Cooper. Yeah. He's a very, very good weightlifter. Yeah. Yeah. But he and I were at the exact same point in our training. We're fucking, we're getting a little bit older and we're much wiser. Yeah. So we would hold each other accountable in the sense as like, okay, if you snatch 120 and you're standing it up and you take two steps forward, like a, like a, a little inch forward. Yeah. It doesn't fucking count. Yeah. You have to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little inch. If you don't, if you catch 120 and you're sitting down there kind of balancing and standing up, it doesn't count. You have to do it again. Yeah. Because 120 is right at that line if you're a 140, 145 snatcher mm-hmm. to where like the difference you're warming up, like you can mess up because it just kind of comes at you. Yeah. Like I always say, that, okay, this weight's going to come at you now. Yeah. So our thing was like those little things we would hold each other accountable for. So our movement was trying to be picturesque all the time. Yeah. In the back squat, the way that that looked was like, if it's not, if you're grinding, like rack the bar, like at all. Yeah. Yeah. It has to look really good and it has to be very fast and that's it. And I started my first workout when I built up to a 2.30. My first workout was 120 for five sets of five. Ideal. We love it. Yeah. And I did it and I did 120. Like, think about that. That's someone who's who back squatted before this was 207. I started at 120. Yeah. Uh, and I still wasn't pumped about the way that I moved it. Yeah. So yeah. I did it. I did two of those. I did one on Monday and one on Thursday. Yeah. And the next week, I kind of like built up to a heavy five. And that was really light. It was like 130. Uh, and then I did le- like, uh, no drop sets. And I built up to another like heavy five the next week, which was like 140. Um, and every time I would get up to a top set, I'd be like, all right, this is my top set. I would unrack the barbell and everyone in the room would be cheering me on. doesn't mm-hmm. matter how light it was. Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. So I had that like pressure feeling. Yeah. I'm like, I better move this shit. Like I USA, you, yeah. <laughs> because everyone's watching it, right? Yeah, yeah. And even though it's it's a sub max to the you know it's sub max to the nth degree. I mean, we're yeah, talking yeah. about 140 for five for someone who can back squat over 200. Yeah, that's sub max. Yeah. So that's how I took every top set, and I always worked on on along the lines of like, okay, today I want this at this reps, and it has to look this way. So there's three factors, not just load and reps. There's also that what we're gonna call RPE. <gasps> oh my god, what was that? <laughs> We're going to call either RPE or if you have a fucking bar velocity tracker or you just want to use your eye, you know? Yeah. And so we just did that repeatedly. And one day I did 220 and it was fast. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I want to do more. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Dylan goes, why? Why do you want to do more? I'm like, because I'm close to 500 pounds, man. He's like, just do it next week. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. That's a good idea. Yeah. So we stopped. 
Yeah. I stopped. That's crazy. I would never stop training. Yeah. And then the next week, boom, 500 pound back squat. First time in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And even that was fast. And so then I went, got up to 230, and then I had to stop, you know, pushing my back squat because yeah. I had a competition coming up. But that's it. That was, that was it. Yeah. There's no magic. Yeah. No. And like, even besides, even besides like the RPE thing or like the quality of the movement, like starting low enough to give yourself some sort of room to increase, I think is one thing that people never ever do. And it's, oh, we stress that so much. That's why percentage, that's why percentage is not going to work a lot of times. That's why I say I like RPE in that sense. Yeah. Because you're just going to work up to something that feels good and moves well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're going to work up to a difficult set that still moves well. That's an eight. Yeah. Okay. You're going to work up to a maximal set. That's a nine. You're going to work up to a set that you've literally never hit before. That's yeah. a 10. Yeah. And I think Four like, when people start yeah. writing their, uh, like writing or programming for themselves, they always want to be working at eights and nines. Yeah. Eights they and nines. always, it's like, this is the whole point I program for myself is that I can go as heavy as possible. Like nobody programs for themselves to go light or to go do less weight than their coach told them to. The coach is always pulling the reins back. Yeah. Or, nearly always pulling the reins back and that's why it was awesome to have dylan in the room with me because he would just be like nah that was that was slow yeah yeah he, he had um yeah. quite a hard time over the last year before he got to you didn't he kind of not a hard time but a bit of a yes yes kind of i mean living in california you're gonna pay a bajillion dollars rent yeah yeah you're not gonna be making any money you're gonna go go into debt you're gonna and you're gonna be a full-time weightlifter <laughs> it's not that glamorous i would imagine that um he was he was hit pretty hard with a lot of intensity a lot of volume and he just never really got it together yeah, yeah. he had a quad tendon rupture oh, so he had to shit. get that he had to get the surgery for that yeah uh i mean when he was at cal strength he back squatted 280 uh, it's like oh. no joke you know yeah, that's it, was legit. Clean. it was fucking clean as a whistle too it was yeah. not like uh it was very very good yeah uh so when he came here, man, we were so like, oh, nice, nice 110 snatch, dude. Yeah. You yeah, know, like, yeah. like he'd snatched 150 before, but like, we're like, oh, good job on that 110 snatch. That's all we're going to do today. Like, yeah, we were yeah. so slow to go. All right. And he, he built up and like, he slam dunked a 250 back squat. There's like, it was like nothing. It was like air was on his back. Yeah. yeah. He's like, that's the heaviest I'm going to go this cycle. Yeah. I'm done. That's great. And so did he, did he move there just to train with you or did he move there for? Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it's just a, he was looking for places to train, yeah. uh, and, and places where he could do his remote coaching as well. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, listen, cheap cost of living, pretty stress-free. My gym, we've got a Laco bars and, and competition plates. Like, yeah, it's perfect. Too easy. Yeah. So he came and it's been, been great ever since. So are you going to turn into like getting weightlifters from all over the world to move? I don't, to, uh... Honestly, I don't care for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know yeah. that, that's crazy. Like, I just don't. I, my relation, my thing now is like, it sounds very enticing yeah. to be like, I'm going to get a team. Yeah. I'm going to pay weightlifters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't do it. doesn't it. fucking work. No. It never works. It never works. Just It's like communism. <laughs> it is absolutely like that, dude. People always like it just it just doesn't work. So the thing that I'm interested in is just developing whoever wants to be developed. Yeah. yeah. 
and there will be someone good out of it. Yeah. And I will take a lot of enjoy, like a lot of joy out of getting them to a national level. Yeah. Uh, you, Travis, know, you never know because CJ Cummings could walk in your door, yeah, but yeah. you'll never know if you don't just like develop anyone who you wants to be developed. Absolutely. Um, and that's where you learn a lot about coaching too, is not developing the talents because they're easy to f- fix. You just got to hold them back and then slowly let them go a little bit more every time. But when you've yeah. got really shit people or poor genetics or, you know, yeah. they're the people where you learn how to kind of become a better coach and you learn what works for some people, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Travis Mash has a scholarship program now, or is he? He's got. I some don't kind know. Of... I don't know much about that. Yeah, it's so that's with the NCAA. So even though tech, I'm a Texas unit, Texas A and M, like it's the this university here. Yeah, and even though that's like the club that we have. Yeah, we're not affiliated with the university in the sense that we can get other people here okay. to like and help them, help them with a scholarship. Yeah, that is somewhat enticing to me. But to be the guy that like starts it all and has to deal with that, like I yeah. just don't know if I have it in me to do. Yeah, uh, I would more than happy, happily be willing to like talk to someone at the university to like get that going. But yeah. it uh, seems like a big task. And yeah. for what return on that too? Like, would it really be effective as well? You know, you would get a lot of high school kids who who may or may not have talent who want to come in and and train under you. That's a possibility, but I yeah, think yeah. if you, I think if you want to do, I'm not sure about the rules, but if you want to be an NCAA program, you have to be part of the, uh, you have to be an OTC program as well. So you have to be seen as an Olympic training center. Oh, okay. So, so the rules are a little bit different there. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. we have like a, we have an A&M judo team that gives scholarships, and our A&M rugby team gives scholarships, but they are not Division One. Uh, they're not like sanctioned sports. Yeah, it's yes. a really weird, convoluted system in America. <laughs> it's like you—you you can have like this club thing. It's called a—it's technically a club team. Yeah, but you can fund them. Yeah, and yeah. Can, so it's really—I I don't even understand the line too much myself. Yeah. Uh, I have to—I actually have to run to practice. That's perfect. Practice. That's great. Okay. We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Zach. Uh, and it was great to chat with you. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks yeah. so much, guys. Thanks, Zach. Brilliant. Thanks, Zach. Ideal.